uh, let's rock. Welcome to Curiosity Public. This is Dutch. This is Jules. Dylan. And this is another one of our podcasts in honor of COVID quarantine 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Very impromptu. Copying uh, Kevin Smith there. (laughs) Oh, whatever, dude. I'm not copying anybody. I make up all original content. (laughs) Right. Um, Hey, so before we get started... We got to keep this relevant to spirits. What are you guys drinking, Jules? Uh, Today, I am going for some two-minute militant. (laughs) (laughs) Colonel E.H. Taylor, baby. Oh, that's the barrel proof. This is uh, barrel proof. And um, actually, I think I was with you, Dutch, when we uh, found this, surprisingly. uh, Was that in Vegas? I think that was Vegas. Yeah, I want to say Vegas for not too bad a price, I thought, too. Because now it's like crazy. Right, I think now it's like going oh, yeah. three hundred yeah. or something like off market stuff. So yeah, I mean, uh, I found yeah, uh, barrel proof, so uncut and unfiltered. This one in particular is uh, one hundred twenty eight proof. And, Very nice. Uh, so going for the high proof. Going through my stockpile, man. <laughs> Dylan, what about you, man? In light of the whole COVID issue, I decided to drink Stag Junior today. Nice. Very nice. Which proof? Do you know which one? Uh, it's. I think it's the one twenty seven. Wow. So we all were thinking alike because I'm going with Knob Creek, the uh, one of the new single barrel selects. And this one, uh, this one clocks in at, what is it, 120 something? Yeah, 120. Wow. Yeah, this is the one you guys tried actually last time you were up here. 15 years old, 120 proof for like under 60 bucks. Like that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, we're all like alcoholics, man. We're on the high end tonight. <laughs> no, we're, we're fighting off COVID. And I actually think that that's a good segue to the article that, uh, that Dylan sent around earlier. You want to you wanna tell everybody what, what we're talking, talking about today? Yeah, so there was an article that came out on uh, Forbes. And they were arguing that perhaps alcohol can strengthen your immune system. Now, if you remember a couple years back, I mean... I'm old. So, uh, you know, going back like a decade, I think, you know, they're talking about how alcohol in some moderation could be protective. So, you know, this kind of article came back. They're talking about COVID-19 and then they're talking about how whiskeys could be helpful. You know, they, they're looking at the different data and to be honest, it's, it's kind of a wash, right? Some of these studies are low power or the level of evidence is not that great, but it's still an interesting concept idea that alcohol could be protective. Now, they did note that high dose of alcohol, and they tested on rhesus monkeys. They said, if you drink a lot, it's not protective. It's not very good. But if you drink in moderation, then those monkeys that drank uh, middle of the road produced more antibodies than the control group meaning it had a better immune reaction or response. So that's kind of interesting, right? In in light of COVID-19, maybe what we're doing, which is at the end of the day, we're relaxing, we're enjoying each other's company, and we all have a libation in our hand. It happens to be high proof, which I think is what you need for disinfection, right? I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think that this is this is a valid way of getting through? I mean, there's a long history of using alcohol as medicine. I got a lot to say. So Jules, why don't you go first? Because <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't have that much to say. Well, maybe you do. Uh, yeah, take your time. Yeah, no, I'm, I, honestly, I think there's, I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, you know, you could go, it depends on how far back you want to go, going back to like when we were all in tribes. <laughs> like, like us the three of us going, going tribal and you know there's usually the medicine man and <laughs> wow wow the one with the, the movie with sean connery oh yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about you know where we're really looking for those ants that eat sugar to solve all the world's problems oh my god you know i thought you were gonna go back to like 1910 <laughs> right but no you're going to like 4,000 BC. I'm going back to 10, you know, BC. like a big ass bamboo stick through your nose and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta cut that. That's wow, inappropriate. Wow, this that is in. this is staying. I'm editing this one. <laughs> wow, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, Honestly, it goes back to then and where you know, um, like you really could, like there might be something to it. You know, I mean, I think everything always in moderation. Um, just, you know, generally speaking, like, I think there is some, you know, finding some balance with that. I think obviously if you do drink too much, and I think that's part of what the study showed, right? Or at least there, there were some graphs on this with some of the studies where it's like, yeah, if you do too much, yeah, you do start killing off any of the, the protective agents in your body. So I've got mixed feelings about this. I feel like you can go either way. Right. Well, so, so a lot of the, like you were talking about the studies, and there's actually another study, I think I sent this one around that was about just all, co all cause mortality, right? And they find this kind of dip in the curve and it's right around like the one to two drinks per day. And they find that that actually is a benefit. And then when you get to like the four, five, six, you're eventually kind of going to get back to not having any benefit. So there's that, that's one way to look at it. But then the other way to look at it, which is the more, uh, or the less scientific, kind of just more anecdotal and more for fun is, uh, have you guys ever read the book, The Hot Zone? No. Is that, is that Robin Cook? The Hot Zone is uh, a book by Richard Preston. It's about the, uh, the Ebola almost outbreak that happened in Washington, D.C. with like the chimpanzees. But it kind of traces the whole story of Ebola and it tells the story of these doctors that were in Africa treating patients. One of these guys cut his finger while he was treating this Ebola patient, got covered in blood, was convinced that he contracted Ebola, which is bloodborne, goes back to his tent, is depressed, drinks a whole bottle of scotch, and he never contracts the disease. Um, so there's this kind of like completely nonsense scientific, you drink enough ethanol, and you get your blood alcohol content to a certain level, you're going to kill anything bloodborne. <laughs> um, now I don't know. Any, I don't think COVID's bloodborne necessarily, but um, I like to believe that if I'm starting to feel sick and I drink plenty of ethanol, it kills whatever's uh, whatever's ailing me. So you pass some alcohol while you're sucking up like some someone coughing in your face. Well, let's be very clear here. This is not scientific, <laughs> or sorry, this is not medical advice. I blame. Hey, I blame uh, Jules on this one. He went way back, and he then went <laughs> and then and then and then uh, Dutch has to bring it back to some some zoo in, I know, like, in right. Washington with the one data point anecdotal research. Yeah. Well, actually, I've got a second data point. Um, okay. Which which is also anecdotal. <laughs> um, but recently, Power of one. Uh, 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 my wife got sick. I was like, all right, I know I'm going to get this. But th like the day I was starting to just feel a little bit of like, oh, maybe I got a scratchy throat. I just drank a ton of bourbon until I like passed out. And I, and I did get sick, but I didn't get as sick as she had been. Um, so I'm going to mm. say that that's, that's the bourbon uh, working its healing magic. The variables in that story is infinite, but hey, whatever. Um, well, anyway, so back to the world of reality. Um, there were rumors of this going around on the internet when the COVID outbreak was just starting. And uh, people were saying, oh, yeah, you know, it, it kind of the, the virus lodges in your throat before going to your lungs. And if you drink high enough proof ethanol, you're going to kill it. And it actually made its way to Iran 
where there is quite a big outbreak, actually. And I, we don't know how high the numbers are there, but people there, I mean, it's hard to get alcohol. So people didn't really know what to do, but they were hearing this on the internet and they went and bought rubbing alcohol, which is not ethanol. I think it's methanol, right? Yeah, it was methanol and like isopropyl. I mean, and they were drinking it and getting severely sick from that. Well, yeah. No, they died. They died. Yeah there, was, yeah, there were some people that died, right? I mean, I want to go back to the Forbes article. The idea that alcohol or spirits have been a, it had medicinal value goes back quite a bit. As Jules said, it goes back to the caveman days, I suppose. But, you know, I, I would say in, kind of in the modern times, if you guys remember, I Love Lucy, right? Vitamita yes, Vegemin. That's, mo- that's modern. <laughs> Vitamita Vegemin, right? Had like tons of alcohol and hilarity ensued. And, but that was kind of a reflective of what was going on. You know, you had these snake oil salesmen are basically selling alcohol as a cure-all. And yeah. I always look at these studies and I say, is this really true? It's hard to dive into the data. You know, there, it's always been, I think in the last, what? three decades, they used to say, oh, drinking alcohol in moderation, there may be some evidence that it could be protective. But who knows? But I do want to bring up a, a study, though. So they actually, there was, a, there was another article about how a researcher is using vodka. Dr. Christina Simonian, she is looking at spasmodic dysphonia which is a, a form of dystonia. It, you know, it causes this involuntary contraction of the vocal cords and she's using vodka to treat it. That, that is interesting. I mean, and it's, it's almost kind of weird that the only thing that we know for sure that it does is that if it's high enough proof, it'll kill germs topically, right? Like if you rub your hands with 60 proof <laughs> or 60% plus uh, ethanol, you're going to kill pretty much anything, right? Yeah. And then speaking of that, I think the Tito handmade vodka was being purchased like crazy. They were using it as a hand sanitizer because you can't buy hand sanitizer. And then they had to come out and say, Tito, I think, came out and said, per CDC, the hand sanitizer has to be at least 60% alcohol. Right. It does need to be at a high proof to kill bacteria and, I guess, viruses on the surface. Can we argue that if you drink, say, Stag Jr. or my favorite, George T. Stag, does it start killing all I mean, of the I viruses? Mean, if the virus, like, you know, like that completely unscientific anecdote that it lodges in your throat first before getting into your lungs. If it really does that and you're drinking high proof alcohol, I mean, you'd kill it. It wouldn't go down your airway, right? But, you know, it's, it's going to be in close enough proximity, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to go with that theory, guys. All right. So, so now we're hearing whiskey, right? Whiskey helping with possibly COVID. We heard drinking wine could be protective, cardiovascular protection. I think it was like a couple decades ago. So I want to know, what other wives' tale are there? I mean, Dutch gave us his own anecdote of drink, <laughs> drink till you uh, pass out to fight against a upper respiratory infection. But what are what are some of the other wives' tale with regards to alcohol? Well, I mean, there's a long history with like amaros, and th- I mean, they started out as medicinal things. People would basically soak these herbs in alcohol and think that they would extract all of the healing benefits of them. And they've been given for a long time as like digestive healers, but not necessarily to fight off infection. But the one I, the one that would come to mind would be like mead using uh, honey. Mm. I think that's got some history of being somewhat medicinal. I don't know, Jules. Uh, one that <laughs> uh, immediately comes to mind for me is like again my recent trip from the Middle Kingdom. <laughs> Three penis wine and 
you know, what the, what the people, the good folk up there told me was, uh, you know, it actually helps improve like your libido and life force while also killing toxins in your body. Wait, is this the is this the triple penis wine? Yeah, the three penis wine. Well, I bought like several things, like the three penis wine, and then also the uh, what was the other one? It was a snake yeah. one, the one that I almost oh, vomited. That snake one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible. There is also the um, the whole thing about like the polyphenols that are in in whiskey, and there's just not a lot of science done on it. But I mean, I know that there's some people that have kind of poked around at this topic. I'm trying to find. Um, one of the articles I read a while back about like the, the whiskey polyphenols and potential health effects of them. Um, but there's just not a lot of good evidence. There's a few part, uh, papers here and there. but Okay, so since you brought up content, I was doing some research. I think there was a article by Hugh et al. in 2010 in a journal called Regulation. They were looking at vodka, actual contents of vodka was. <laughs> it's interesting because they found compound, trace compounds of esters all right aldehydes yeah higher alcohols okay methanol not as good acetates acetic acid and fusel oil jeez oh, jeez <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff in there i guess it's trace amount but i'm sure that's not really contributing to the antiviral antibacterial effect but you know, there's stuff in there there's yeah. other stuff in there so. and like things that are considered antioxidants even in some some forms of whiskey. Right. Speaking of this article, there was a, I read another article on uh, Fox News that a man, he says, like self-diagnosed, I guess, he had coronavirus and then he was cured. He was cured. Uh, Hallelujah. Yeah. So apparently he, <laughs> cured? he apparently overcame the illness with hot whiskey and honey. He kind of ripped me off. Honey. You know, I, I drink a lot of the... Uh, honey probably did the thing. <laughs> hot bourbon, but this guy named Connor Reed, 25 years old, and uh, he was in Wuhan, China. He was drinking honey and hot whiskey, so... Wow. Yeah, so he didn't... Well, I mean, there's also, like, you know, I, at least one of the ones, um, I don't know if it's a wives' tale thing, but, you know, like, gin has always been known to, like, improve digestion, Right. Right. Because they, they say like just the, the bitter herbs that go into it, like help yeah. you like your digestive. And you that's know, the theory with all the bitters. Acid and, yeah. Right. Like for all the bitters and stuff. But I mean, I know I remember hearing that specifically like with gin. I guess there's something to that because people, a lot of people take it, you know, so. Well, yeah, I, I just found that, ar- that, that journal article I was, I was talking about. So it's, the title of the article is The Effect of Whiskey and Wine Consumption on Total Polyphenol Content and Antioxidant Capacity of Plasma from Healthy Volunteers. So they basically, they fed these people either wine, whiskey, or what they called new make whiskey, which I think is like white dog. So non-aged ethanol. And they drew blood and they leveled, they use some measure of total polyphenols. And they actually found that there's a higher spike in the people that were given whiskey. Um, Like there's an initial spike from the people that have wine. And then like, as time goes on after like an hour, the the total level in the blood is actually higher from whiskey. So, you know, those people that say drinking wine is good for you, you just tell them, hey, look, there's scientific evidence. You get more of these polyphenols in your system in an hour from whiskey. So... (laughs) I think we can go on and on about the wives' tale, right? But I That's always a scientific article, man. It's not a wives' tale. <laughs> I mean, I I go back to the Vitamita Vegemin. 
You just go back to I Love Lucy. Look, I, I am a fan. I am a fan. So. Oh, yeah, how true of a fan are you? What was Lucy's favorite drink? Uh, What does she drink? Well, she's not. I don't think she drank on the show. She's not allowed to. They can't. They couldn't even say that they were pregnant. They had to use the term infanticipating, I think. <laughs> and they still slept in separate beds. So I don't think they were, they were downing oh, like vodka. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think they were vodka. I thought you were. I thought you were a diehard Lucy fan, man. What did she drink? Actually, I don't know either. But. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> but I do. I do know that um, one of her favorite. You know, I don't know what she drank regularly. I mean, let me put it out. But I know one of her favorite cocktails involved bourbon. So I forgot what exactly though. That's, that's anticlimactic. after her, like yeah. the zany Lucy. Just riveting, riveting. I wanted to talk about these advertisement posters they used to have, right? A lot of them had doctors on the on the cover. You know, they were like Old Hickory. There was a, they said Guinness is good for you. Although that's beer. Yeah, but, but so did cigarette ads back in the day, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's integrated into culture that perhaps alcohol can be beneficial. And... During times like these, I think people are desperate. They say, yeah. they say there's no cure. Well, some people drink hot scotch and honey. Other people drink Stag Junior, high proof, highest proof you got. And uh, some people drink wine. Wine so, yeah, is fine, true. man. Wine is fine, but whiskey's quicker. You know, we can kind of sum this up pretty easily, I think. There, there's all these old life sales. There's all this speculation. But at the end of the day, getting together with people when you're under quarantine over the internet and, and sharing a drink, if nothing else, is a good stress reliever and kind of helps you get over the the uh, isolation issues that you might, may, might face, right? Cure for the soul. I think that's interesting. That's very I don't true. Know what the hell you guys are both talking about? All <laughs> I need is some pink lemonade as my nightcap. I don't need to be talking to you guys over video conference call, whatever. Just lock me up in my room. I'm good to go. So why do we have jewels on this let me get, As long as I have access to Pornhub, I'm good to go. Wow. Wow. Hey, let's quarantine for three more months. I'm good. Hey, whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. Wow. Well, you know what, Jules? Why don't you take us out? <laughs> But give the right URL link, not, not the one you're browsing right now. Hey, well, uh, well, actually, I don't know. Well, there's another episode of Curiosity Public Podcast. <laughs> if this comes out before our YouTube channel, just know our YouTube channel is in the works uh, once we can all get back together in the studio. And we will be putting wow. these, uh, these podcasts up on yeah. our on our. Oh, they're pretty fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Stay all tuned. right, well, until next time, everybody, stay curious.